0: You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast.
1: I almost say good morning. <laughs> good afternoon. Good afternoon. We're recording at a different time today.
0: Afternoon special.
1: It is. Simon's in a good mood today positive. So <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so we have to So <laughs> so we have a list of different topics that we're going to talk about and Simon was like I want to talk about something positive cuz he's in a positive mood. So mm. so everybody good? Everybody been good all week? Mm-hmm. Anything new happening?
0: I uh, went out yesterday. First oh, yeah, time. You did. For, in a couple of weeks. Not yeah, much yeah. going on. Most yeah. of yeah. the shops still shut. Not yeah. many people out.
1: Hopefully by the time I go out tomorrow <laughs> yeah. some of them be open. So, yeah, we ha- we were in a like an extreme lockdown situation because Trinidad has turned into a hot spot for the COVID-19. And so um in order to kind of get things in, because we've been on lockdown, we've been on quarantine, right? But you mm-hmm. like we we're talking about before, you have one day out of the week where you can go according to your ID number. And so Mondays are Simon's days, Wednesdays are my days, Fridays are Melinda's days. Um, and so. You can't go out any other day. Uh, however, for the last week, I think it was a week, right? It was a complete week, just eight a days, week. something like that. Yeah. Eight to ten days, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You couldn't go out at all. Everything was completely closed and shut down just to try to get things under control. And so not sure if it worked or not, but, you know, everybody's running out of supplies and stuff. And so, I mean, had to yeah. at least have some days to be able to buy stuff. So this week is a buy, a buy, a, like a week, Shopping week. Yeah, shopping week. And then it, which is, when I say shopping week, I mean you get your one day to shop and your one morning, actually. And then next week, supposedly, the rumor is it's going back to a strict lockdown for another week. So we'll see. So that's the story here. Um, Yeah. So not much. <laughs> not much change. <laughs> On to the good news. Um, So, yeah. So today we want to talk about what do you love or like? It can be softer, you know um about missions about being a missionary what is it so what is what is it uh, uh what, what was the question
0: is that what it was and the best things about being a missionary yeah the
1: best things about being a missionary that's
0: right yeah yeah, well, yeah. I th- the main thinking behind it was that we spent the last two weeks you know talking about important things to know before coming on missions and they are important but yeah. a lot of them are quite you know not not the most positive or upbeat and someone <laughs> might have been listening and going oh well, now i don't want to be a missionary <laughs> good <laughs> no i'm so. kidding you know, I thought this week let's paint painted in a nicer light because there are great things about me in you know, a missionary and working overseas as well. So, yeah, like what to so share some of them. Well, funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> that brings I me. That. I just so happy to I have just have happen to have a list. List. <laughs> inside of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, the first thing I have five things on my list. Uh, the first thing I put on my list was just experiencing other cultures and mm. um, being a part of a different culture. You, this is whether you do a long term trip or a short term trip um, to wherever I think you even if you're there for a week or two weeks or two years or 10 years, you, you start to get an idea um, of what it's like working and living and experiencing a different culture. Um, and the, the, the hard things that come with that, but also the great things and the, the challenging things that come with it and that make you question your own like culture and why you do things back home and, and whatnot. So I think that's one of the best things uh, about going overseas, whether it's long-term or short-term, is, is experiencing other places. Um, I've been to a few different places like Eastern European, um, which just has a completely different culture. And then, so you've got Eastern Europe and then you've got Latin America, which are just the polar opposite yeah. uh, cultures One's very really cold and harsh. The other one's obviously warmer and, um, and more abrasive kind of culture. Um, yeah. And just being able to work in both of them uh, has been a great experience for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is great to
1: be like, there's, I guess it can hit you either way. I mean, I always got to pull out the negative, right? <laughs> like, I mean, some people do get frustrated, right, when they come and they have to be in a different culture, but it's, there's a beautiful, I mean, I, really, it is a beautiful thing to be able to come and just get out of your normal routine and comfort yeah. and stuff like that and really learn about different people. It, it It's really fun and it's, I mean, it really um, magnifies, I don't want to say magnifies, but like, it just shows you the glory of God and all of creation and, mm-hmm. and the details and you know, he's made, like, the diversity that God has created and stuff. And, like, you know, because Bolivians, not, you can't even say Bolivians, right? There's just different, even different places are different. Yeah. And so there's so many little details and different colors and, uh and like, uh, what do they call it, uh, facial features and stuff like that. And, and then, obviously, cultural stuff, languages and, 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 and all, all things like that. And, you know, God made it like this. And mm-hmm. it's something to celebrate and be, you know, to be happy about. But mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I can see if you or from uh, fortunately for me in this case I'm not from a culture where I'm in the ma- majority so I've never really lived in a place where I walked around and everybody looked like me except for that one year I lived in the Dominican Republic <laughs> and uh and um uh, but y yeah, like so I could, I guess that would be hard like to come from a place where even if you don't consciously notice it everybody looks like you or similar to you not exactly like you. It's going downhill fast. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, everyone looks similar to you and whatever, and speaks your language and same culture, same understanding, same way of thinking, more or less, right? Um, obviously, there's what are they call uh, subcultures that are different, but that you know, in general, the cultures, and then they come to a, to be really thrust into a place where it's just a different planet. Like it's just a different planet. People don't talk the same language. They don't understand you. You don't understand them.
2: The greetings are different. The
1: greet. I mean, everything's different. The mm-hmm. f- the diet, the food is different. Celebrations. The like you said, the climate is different. I mean, everything. People's reaction to different things. The the value system is somewhat different as well. Yeah. I mean, at its at its at its roots, right? Everybody values like life and family and stuff. But like just the way that's expressed is really different. And there's some there's beauty in that, right? There's, mm-hmm. Just getting to experience that and seeing it from different people and it just widens your horizons in in every way and and really points you back to for me it points you back to jesus you know like oh this is you know talking about paul and ephesians writing about the walls of hostility and there's all these but and he broke all that down and he's now he's the god of the jews and the gentiles and so you get to come and celebrate with your bolivian brothers and you also get to go back home and celebrate with your english english brothers or your philly brothers or whatever you know whatever and I don't know, there's beauty in that, man. I think it's a really beautiful thing to you know, be experience.
2: One of the blessings that Missions, Experiencing Culture and Missions has given me is that um, it kind of um, like took away the blinders I had on my eyes regarding um, the Bible. Like hmm. you really start to realize what is not gospel if it doesn't apply to all cultures and to all people and to all yeah. classes. And so, when you um, come into a culture where it's not like yours, it also challenges you to view the Bible through a different lens, mm-hmm. which we should be doing anyway because it wasn't written to us like the times, you know, the period. Yeah, in literal sense. Yeah, yeah, in literal sense. So, so you have to. Um, we should be originally reading the Bible in a different time through a different cultural lens, but. But we don't, you know, when we start off reading the Bible. Um, but it, it really does challenge you to say, okay, now, is this scripture the way I have always interpreted and understood it? Does it apply to to this group of people here? And if it doesn't, then I need to reevaluate my understanding of this scripture. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And I I think that's a good point because, like, we tend to, yeah, we, we do. We, we, we taper. I'm not saying doctrinally, but we, ta- we tend to taper the Bible to our culture you know I mean from the United States for us obviously it is you know we watched a video that, it was one of those videos that people forward around and prayer warriors need to pray blah 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 I'm not going to say what the contents of the video were it's not important um, or what the subject was but what he said in the video is this guy is, is basically asking for prayer for you know situations in the United States government whatever this is important But he says, America America is God's only hope in the world, or something like that. America is God's last hope. Mm -hmm. And it just was, you know, he just said it in passing, but it was just such a stupid statement. Like, I'm not going to say ignorant. I'm not going to say, you know, it was a stupid statement. It's absolutely stupid, and and there's there's blinders there. And there is a supremacy issue there, right? Mm. And when you have to uproot from whatever you're from, anywhere you're from, you think is better than everywhere else. And there's... Again, there's beauty in that because you cherish, you know, your roots and your your, your um, nationality, whatever, as you should. As you should. God chose that for you. But when you begin to think that it's better than everybody else and you adapt a supremacist mentality, that's obviously more damaging than it does good. And I think um, uprooting yourself from that and living in a different culture, man, just really, first, firstly, does reveal that, yeah. that you have these issues inside of you. And it sucks because you... <laughs> you thought you were good and like what you know and this reveals like these but then you're pushed to confront these issues right so you have to like you have to make a choice and obviously i mean i would hope that the three of us have made the choice or are making the choice because it's a process of putting down our supremacy whether it's american supremacy or you know english whatever it doesn't matter even can believe in supremacy right if they Bolivians move to the state, whatever, it doesn't matter, across cultures and just seeing people as image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, like while me enjoying being a black African-American, I guess all oh, African-Americans are black, huh? Uh, being African-American from the United States. I can celebrate that, but I can also come in and fully engage Bolivian culture as well, because I can celebrate, you know, that God has made them this way, this color, this, you know, the cult. Obviously not this, the, the sinful cultural things that every culture has, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about. Like just the natural so, so uh, celebratory things of the culture um, that, that they do in the area and so i can i can embrace both and we've become such an either or place as we come and so i'm from the united states and so i'll come to bolivia and i really like bolivia and i feel this this uh this tension inside of me of united states versus bolivia and everything's a competition mm. and of course my bolivian friends are like oh this is the best chicken you've ever tasted and honestly, inside of me, I'm like, no, it's not. You know, I but, and that's fine. Haha, it's funny. But then it gets to deeper things and you start really, you feel the need to make a choice between which is better, Bolivia or the United States. And then, completely honest with you, neither one is better. There are things that the United States has that are more enjoyable than Bolivia, but there's also things that Bolivia has that are enjoyable about the United States. And so just fully embracing that and just seeing, you know, like the... I, 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 like God's image bearer is like literally bearing his image but not all being the same like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like the diversity in that and the beauty in that is this really really cool thing mm-hmm. really cool so you had you had like four more things mm-hmm. we're just gonna do Simon's list today for it. you have a list
2: I at one point okay <laughs>
1: you made it already
0: no <laughs> uh, so some of them blend into others more but not this one not so much uh, so for me not everyone enjoys this part but I always look back and some of the things, some of the moments that I enjoy most about working overseas or uh, being in missions and things like that is when I just get things like, just get it wrong, when you just have a complete misunderstanding of a situation <laughs> and so all you can do is end up laughing at it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, I'll share one story when I was, uh, a couple of years ago I was working in Sea, which was from Bolivia, a completely different city, completely different culture. And I just arrived so I had a really long flight from the UK, by Spain and then to La Paz. And then from La Paz, you had to get a bus to another city uh. called Aurora, and then another bus from Aurora to Potosi. So it was a really, really long, like 48 hours yeah, worth yeah. of traveling. Um, and the guy who picked me up, dropped me off at the the, the host family's house that I was staying with, uh, we thought her son was gonna be there, but his, his son was away, he was on holiday for like a few days, so it was just me and her. Um, I got there at like nine, uh, no, about 7 p.m., 7 p.m. in the evening um she asked me if i'm hungry so i was like oh yeah i'm hungry she's like okay i'll go get you some food and so she goes out and and she leaves me at 7 p.m and so i'm like okay this is good i can unpack i have a shower um and it gets to 8 p.m she's still not back 9 p.m she's still not back 10 p.m she's still not back and i'm like okay maybe she's forgotten about the food or or, or whatnot because it's like 10 p.m i was yeah, yeah. thinking uk culture that's really late to be in like i go to bed at 10 p.m so I was just like okay something maybe I've misunderstood here maybe she doesn't live here uh, and I'm here in this flat on my own um, <laughs> I just brush my teeth and go to bed so I got ready for bed I brushed my teeth got into bed and we're like half an hour later I could hear this little knock on my door <laughs> um, and the mum had returned and she had this whole roast chicken and like chips and things in <laughs> her hand <laughs> and waiting she was like I cooked it for you and <laughs> she like went somewhere else got the chicken cooked it and things like that and it was like half eleven or something <laughs> I just brushed my teeth <laughs> and (laughs) i was just eating this roast chicken at the kitchen table and by that point i wasn't that hungry (laughs) but you're just like forcing it down
1: even not hungry and it's chicken plus carbs because you know it's rice and all the you know
0: and and fries yeah yeah but uh was just like all these little situations i'd never be in if i wasn't working overseas or yeah and all these little experiences and and funny stories that i'll always remember yeah and whatnot that you you learn and make
1: we were talking about that and it's kind of it kind of—it's not the exact same thing. We were talking about this the other day, with um, how people say sometimes to me like, "Oh, your life is so adventurous and whatever," and I'm like, "I don't feel like my life is really adventurous." You just follow me on Instagram, and it looks adventurous on there. And me and Simon started talking yesterday. We we're like, "You know what? Our life is adventurous." Like the other night, like <laughs> I was taking the dogs out, and here comes a giant anteater just kind of marching through. And I'm like, Simon. Simon. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't hear me, so I text him. Like, there's a giant – I said something. There's a giant ante outside. He's looking out the window. It's like, I don't see it. I'm like, it's right there. Cute. And it's, like, right – you know. And then, like, we saw it, and it's, like, it's an amazing thing. It's an incredible creature, whatever. And it's like, oh, that was cool. And then you just go in. But we've gotten so used to things being out of – like, kind of like you're saying, just nothing is normal. There's no such thing as normal. We've gotten used to that, that it's so, so much it's become normal and you yeah. don't really appreciate any more these big moments that you would never have. I, we don't have giant anteaters in West Virginia. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make an insult to him. We don't have giant anteaters in West Virginia. But, you know, like, so that's not something you see. But we, we saw it and we're like all excited. And then it's like, oh, okay, went to bed just for, like to forget about it forever.
2: Until and, you saw the park what is that yeah yeah <laughs> well sitting
1: there's like a, a brazilian porcupine is what it's called it wasn't the very next night was in the tree in the back and that's what made me think about it and i told i was because we, we were talking about it being normal and just enjoying life here and stuff and i was like man like there's so many things that we get to see just little stuff you know mm-hmm. like like that and um just little experiences and we've gotten so out go, so used to the unexpected yeah. that it doesn't even seem adventurous anymore mm-hmm. like we just see it as normal which is a good thing i think you mm-hmm. know but at the same time it's like oh you reminded us like, let's fully embrace this, because haha, it's fun. I'm eating chicken yeah, yeah. at 10:30, 11 o'clock at night. Ha, ha, ha. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a giant anteater. Oh, there the, oh, there's a snake behind the door. We saw a snake last was last mm-hmm. week or this week? Last yeah. week? This weekend, maybe? Yeah. There's a snake in my house behind the door, and it was going like in and out of the thing. And like, you know, so we killed the snake in the house, and I was like, Simon, like things that are some completely Unnormal, yeah like if we're if we live in whether it's your house or my house in the states or in the uk is what i'm referring to oh what is that did you see that no let I me mean, I get up to see what it is. it's a snake hey can you grab the machete real quick like this whole situation doesn't happen like from the snake being in there to simon can you grab the machete like that doesn't like you know that that stuff just doesn't happen or whatever. And, it, yeah, of course, you know, oh, I love snakes. It's not true. I don't like snakes. But it, there's so much adventure to it. Like, we got the snake killed and whatever and cleaned the blood up off the floor. Important detail there. And then... Uh, <laughs> And this kind of went about, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's become so normal that you don't appreciate it anymore. But life isn't adventurous. Mm-hmm. It's super adventurous. Every day something is going to happen. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You just find this, you find yourself in those moments where when you stop and think about it, you're like, wait, what am I doing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> like, I have no doubt when you busted the robbers and whatnot. Oh, yeah, and you oh, no, that, that standing was in that way. house, some guy was pulling kids out of a ceiling. You just standing there like, wait. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> that was a moment, though. Like, that, I did
1: not under estimate or underappreciate that moment. I was like, holy crap. But even, like, me and Rudy were looking at each other, like, "What? like, how did we get to this point in our You know, it's great. Or when I'm trying to shoot, like, there's a hawk that eats the chickens and stuff. And, like, he's in the tree. And every day I'm trying to kill him with a BB gun or a slingshot. Like, it's just part of the part of the lunch routine now. Because our lunch, our, our dinner, ta- our, our table is right by the back door. And you can see the patio. And you can see up in this tree. And he's up there looking, you know, seeking whom he may devour. And, like... You know, so I would try to kill him with my BB gun. It was misfiring. So then we grabbed the slingshot and like, you know, just like the first two days or first two times, two days or whatever, like Simon gets up and he's like looking, he's watching. And then after that, it just becomes kind of normal. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Ramon's going to get up and try to kill. It's like watching, you know, uh, what's it, R- Road Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner <laughs> or whatever, you know, just like run the mill. But you just become so accustomed to these different things, you know. Yeah. But it is, that is a cool thing of just even in the inter- interpersonal thing of mm-hmm. like just everything being different and the people's. Like you said, no, someone would have texted you if you're in the if you were in the UK. Someone would have texted you, "Hey, sorry, I forgot about it. They're not bringing you food at eleven. Mm-hmm. They're not like, <laughs> and so like, it was just it, just the difference here of like, oh, I'm gonna bring you food. I said I was gonna bring it, yeah, yeah. and we're gonna sit down and eat at eleven o'clock, <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna laugh. And, and they were and, sat and they all watched me. Yeah, as well. like,
0: yeah. they were like, do you want any?' Like, no, we're not hungry. <laughs> we're just yeah, gonna yeah. sit here, and yeah. watch you eat, <laughs> just snickering
1: on the inside. Yeah. See if he eats at eleven. <laughs> 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 That's funny."
2: I think one of the things that um not i think i know one of the things that i love about missions was that's a question (laughs) that we're answering um it's just that on a daily basis we we get so many things wrong in life you know on a daily basis but like the one thing i feel like i got right is obedience (laughs) like i know feel like god has called us to do this he's called all believers you know to to this great commission Uh, but that we can actively and daily choose to do this, you know, to be a missionary and um, to make our days, our lives about, about the great commission. It's just, um, it's an honor, but not, but it's an honor. And um, it's something that I think kind of always have to remind myself because it's easy to um, become accustomed to that, you know, like, Oh, this is just life. But, But, like, one of the things that I love is that we're being obedient to Christ, to the word, you know. How many times are we disobedient? But it's like, I know in this I'm being obedient.
1: And I think, think like, obedience, there's two parts of, like, one is on your personal life level of being obedient. Just in your individual thoughts and the way you treat people around you. And I think that's a constant struggle because you're always tempted to like just lose your mind or whatever to have faith in yourself. But on the organizational level or the work level, whatever your situation is of like of moving your life and whatever, like definitely it becomes a habit, like obedience. And like, I think in the beginning then we were just terrified because following Jesus always looks like walking on water Mm. and like, who wants to do that? Like we just like, had we not had that story of Peter, we still don't think it's possible for being honest with ourselves because that's why we don't do it. But like if we hadn't had that story, we would never ever in a million years think to do that. Like, and I'm not talking about literally walking on water, but I'm talking about like every situation that he calls you to, moving to different countries or moving to neighborhoods where you don't necessarily look like you belong or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, moving, having an option of living comfortable in the city center or living in, in the center of the city, the downtown, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, or living out in our neighborhood and whatever. And I'm not, this sounds like I'm bragging on us. it's not what I'm doing, but it just becomes a way of life. And this is more of an encouragement, I think, to other people who struggle with it. But like, just like when you do it, it just becomes a way of life, and then you just you just go with the flow. I'm like, who cares? Like the things that I was worried about two years ago, that I was scared of, like I don't even care now. Like I'm I'm concerned about other things. It's not that I'm that nothing. Like shakes me. Things shake me, but it's just not. But you realize like that it, you're growing. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not the same stuff that's shaking you. Like I used to be so scared of like this whole ministry plan we have now. I'm like just shrugging my shoulders about it all the time. And Simon, like before all this started, he's like writing me stuff about children's ministry at church. <laughs> like, like uh, about like when it's just outreach and blah, blah blah. I was like, man, just go for it. Why not? Like, let's just go. Let's just go all in. What's the worst that can happen? Is we fail and mm-hmm. we died fail. You know what I mean? That died trying. And like that doesn't even scare me anymore. When it used to be terrified me for years, really torn, tormenting me even. But you see, you know, us growing and you know walking that. And so it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And again, God was already trustworthy. He's not becoming trustworthy, but w- we are realizing. Mm-hmm. You never know he's trustworthy until you give him a chance, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. You can say it and you can sing all the little songs you want, but until you do it in your own life and really like do stuff that requires you to trust him. And I'm not talking about signing the contract on a new house that you can't afford or a car that you can't afford, but like, you know, just really thanks for the kingdom of God that's building his kingdom and stuff. Like it becomes a nice groove and habit and like, you know, it's just, it, I, when you, when you first came here, I mean, you probably had some mental questions and stuff and, and whatever, but then the other day I like, I asked you and we were talking about, you were like, man, I just love it. I love living here you he's you
0: were saying like when you explain it to your friends yeah <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> What do you say? Like, well, because pe- people are like, oh, so what's oh, what's Trinidad like? And when they want when when people say, oh, what's Trinidad like? They want to know like physical details, right? Um, and so you're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, it's really hot. It's really you get really sweaty. It's really dusty. It's really dirty. It <laughs> smells. There's loads of mosquitoes. The roads are terrible. terrible. Hardly any shops. <laughs> you can't buy what you need. It takes all day to do everything. And they're like, oh man, that sounds awful. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. No, what? I love it. <laughs> no, how would you get there? How would you come to that conclusion? <laughs> it's
1: favorite place on earth but I mean, it's true you yeah, know yeah. like you do you do it's you do love it love you know it. but it's i think that's a part of like just Oh, when you're in obedience man you can live in nineveh you know mm-hmm. and not even just visit but you can live in put roots down and reach people in sodom and gomorrah and like you know i mean these guys want to have sex with angels like this is a this is a terrible place but like when you're in obedience to god man you can it. you can love any you can love any place because you're seeing things through his lens mm-hmm. and also like realizing that how trustworthy he really is mm-hmm. it's like oh man my life has never been in better hands than when i'm following him you know and there's so, there's something relaxing about that and it's like it is it's like somebody takes the glasses off your face and you're like i mean not gla- the sunglasses off your face and at night bad example anyways <laughs> oh, take the blinder reference. off i was like trying to make it make sense <laughs> but it's too late i already lost it but like taking the blinders off your eyes you know and you're like oh you because before, before you were like Maybe it, this is dusty. It's a poor area. The roads have giant holes in them. There are mosquitoes everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. But now you're like, oh, yeah, the roads are dusty, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, ha, ha, I love it. Yeah, you know what? It's <laughs> like, part of it now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a part of it. And it's not even like, it's it. We were talking about It's like, it's one of those things that, like, I can badmouth it, but you better not ever, like, <laughs> but I, like I'll defend it to the end, like, who you think you are talking about my city, like, with well, that supremacist attitude, like, but you just said that that's me, that's <laughs> I me, I can say it, you can't, you know. You
2: know, it's, it's, what's funny is that in these circumstances, like, the streets and the road conditions and stuff, someone could come and say, oh, man, you know, but their heart just break for the poverty, you know, uh, but... But I'm like, it's exciting, you know, what car is going to get stuck in that <laughs> pothole next? You know, who oh, are you yeah, going to yeah. have to pull out? And you, you hear them out there like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I start getting the stuff ready for like, to go pull them out of the hole. Like, you know, like, because <laughs> our road, like we have a, um, this is, we're way off topic, but who cares? Um, like, so the road isn't paved and, and, you know, it rains and rains and like the, the, the trash truck is essentially a dump truck, right? Or the garbage truck, I don't know what you guys call it. Garbage, yeah, truck. garbage truck. I thought it was gonna be like a more professional name. You guys, proper garbage <laughs> vehicle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rubbage processing plant company. <laughs> so they come and like they just have this huge truck and they get into these grooves and they drive down. Like they just make these huge. They're not potholes. They're absolute they're ditches. They're just ditches in the road and you can ride through them on a motorcycle because you can weave through them. But in a car, if you don't have four wheel drive, you're, I mean you're not getting through. And people who don't know the neighborhood maybe they're going to visit somebody to deliver something they don't know and they get stuck in these ho- these ditches because they're all over they're really all over the neighborhood they're on the mm-hmm. next street as well and in rainy season it's worse like forget about it last year i mean the 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 clinic the what is this the ministry hospital miguel's the president so they have a they have an ambulance vehicle which is a toyota land cruiser and then we have um, our nissan patrol does isn't if you live in the states you don't know what that is but anyways they're suvs and like, so last year, I mean, I can't count the times that we hit, we were pulling people out of these ditches and stuff, and, but it becomes part of the adventure and part of the fun. And like, and it really honestly it opens the door to be able to get them, like Ephraim, the guy that lives out front, he's a, what do you call that? Metal worker? Like he's a mm-hmm. welder? welder. He's a welder. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> Novel. <laughs> <laughs> he's a welder. And like, so the shop is like behind his house and which is the even worse road. And like people will come and get stuck, and it, like now he has no problem coming over. Hey, Ramon, can you come pull? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know. And just bring, it, these things bring bring us together, and because we're all, I think they appreciate the fact, and this connects to that. we the book we've been mm. reading and stuff. Anyways, um, but it's like we I, we live here too, and we identify with them in the issues. These are mm. our beat up roads, so we you know we help each other, and we're in this together. We're not coming from outside and being like, Ugh, look at those roads, you know. And so we've adopted the place with the, It's like when you, if you adopt a kid or when you get married or when you get a roommate or whatever the case is, you're marrying that person with all their problems, adopting the kid with all their problems, the good and the bad. And it's the same thing is like we love Trinidad with all of its problems. And so when we give a physical explanation, like it doesn't sound good, but like legit, like mean it, I mean it well. Like mm. I want, like this, I love it. I love it here. And it's not an act. This is not me. I don't gain anything by saying that. You know, I would gain more by telling you the truth. Like if it was the truth was different, you know. But um, like I I love it here, genuinely love it here. I don't love the roads, but that's just part. You know what I mean? That's part yeah, of the yeah. package or whatever. And so I don't know, but it, like we're all in it together, and we it's, it it has become an adventure and the ditches and the holes and.
2: You remember com- uh when the lady got robbed, um, mm-hmm. stole her purse? and yeah. It wasn't for that ditch in front of our house. The so robbers would have gotten no away. You're way. right. You're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Somewhere down, like a few yeah. blocks down. Some guys snatched the purse and they're not from, they obviously don't live on our street because they don't know the road. And they, were, they snatched the purse and I guess, I guess she was on a taxi and she told mm-hmm. the taxi driver to chase them, taxi, motorcycle taxi. And so we hear this motorcycle, ah, ah, ah. And, like, you know, and you hear somebody screaming something, but you couldn't tell what it was. And you need to shout, what in the world? So we, everybody kind of wanders outside and these guys, like, uh, they're driving through and they hit the ditch on the motorcycle and pop pop and fail, and like they fell over on the motorcycle, and they couldn't get it started. And they like the the taxis getting closer to them as they're trying to get it started. So he throws the purse down and goes off, and you know they go off and get away. And all the neighbors came out with sticks and ready to lynch this guy. But anyways, mm-hmm. another beautiful thing about living in the community—you're protected. Uh, <laughs> and so, like you know, it, I mean, the, she literally did get her purse back mm-hmm. because the roads are terrible. Like, and they had no idea. Like, if we were driving through that, we know exactly where the yeah, yeah. where the holes are. Mm-hmm. You know. They drove through and, like, literally, I mean, I heard, the, I heard the, like, the wreck. It, the motorcycle far. bottomed out. And, like, I guess they fell off or whatever. And, like, one of them got hurt. And they, they said he they, like, lent back to the motorcycle because they're, they're still in something. So, and they got on. They finally got it started right when I was coming out. And they drove off or whatever. But they dropped. Yeah, you're right. The, saved their purse. The pothole saved their purse or the, whatever <laughs> it's called. Ditch saved their purse. Fun times in <laughs> our barrio. <laughs> what else? What else you got? every time you look at me like you
2: don't have
1: anything <laughs> yeah you mean yeah, well, my... yeah i mean simon said them already no i I like you know well I, I mean for me it's just different man this is something i mean i'm literally living my dream and this i'm not saying that as a cheesy way like this is what i've wanted to do since i was 14 mm-hmm. and so and not even just missions but specifically where we live and specifically what we're trying to do now the community development stuff this is stuff that like i've I literally just fantasized about when I was 14, 15 years old. And then, like, you know, you just get to a place you never think is going to happen in your life, and then next thing you know, I'm here. So, for me, like, I, I love everything about it. I love I love speaking Spanish. I can't believe until this day. I can't believe that I can speak Spanish. Unbelievable. Like, I'm – I'm and it, it's unbelievable because I, I just never thought – I thought if anybody couldn't learn Spanish, it's me. Mm. Like, I just didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I had the patience or – the whatever i think like, i thought i would i legit thought i'd never and so like I, lo- I i don't know i really do love everything about it i love being able to speak spanish i love um the dynamic between my my culture of like african-american culture and this culture because they only have one idea of american culture and it's not they don't know many there's no african-americans come here and so they don't have any encounters and so like my i'm very charismatic in spanish way more than i am in english and, like, I don't mean str- I don't meet strangers. I mean, you know this. Like, I mm-hmm. talk to everybody all the time. But I know that they're going to recognize me. I'm the only black guy riding around. And so, like, you know, I might as well take advantage of it. And so talking to people just in get, like, I, I mean, I guess that's the, those are things I love about being here. But just about missions as a whole, man, is I really feel like I am unqualified. Mm-hmm. And not just because I didn't go to seminary, but because, I mean, I'm a sinner. Like, I feel unqualified to to share the name of Jesus with people, you know, or to preach to people or whatever. But, like in his grace, he's called me qualified and he sent me on a, on a mission that I am not qualified for, but that's the beauty of it is like, you have to depend on him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's something I don't deserve. I don't deserve to be able to do this. I don't deserve to be able to live here. I don't deserve to be able to even know these people or to be able to, you know what I mean? To have any opportunities, whether it's the church or whatever, like I don't deserve any of that. And so for me, it's like the whole thing is just, it's it's mind blowing. Like when I think about it, I'm like, man, and I'm just in awe of his grace and mercy for me, like how much you love me to choose me to be able to do this. Like, and that's why people are like, oh, I couldn't do what you did. And like, in my mind, I'm always like, <laughs> if anybody, <laughs> like, if I can, I, really, I legit feel like, and I know there are some different things. We've talked about this in the podcast before, but I do feel like my natural feeling is if I can do it, anybody can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't I, know. I, I love, I do. I love everything about it. I love the language. I love just being in the, the culture. I love, I love riding a motorcycle. I love, <laughs> I love being in a different country. I love my perspective. What my perspective has become, in relation to what my perspective would have been had I never moved out of the United States—not just left, but moved out of the United States—way different. I love how apolitical I am. I'm, I'm, I am into politics, U.S. politics specifically, but I'm very apolitical. I feel like, like, my, because I've stepped out and I'm not as uh, manipulated, I guess you can say, or or whatever. I'm not part of any, group, any small group where I'm kind of like a, a echo chamber. I'm, I'm outside of the echo chamber. So I feel I love the way that I'm able to view politics. And I feel like I have an unbiased opinion on political situations and issues. Um, I love how my heart is. I've developed more a heart for the community and the local church and the people that are just around me. And if you live in my neighborhood, then I love. I mean, I love everybody. But if you mm-hmm. live in my neighborhood, like I love you, like personally, I want to talk with you. I want to like see you every day and wave and what like I love that that's that's what this is God has used me living here to transform me into that person because I wasn't always like that you know and I I don't know I I I genuinely and sincerely love everything about it except for the fundraising I don't <laughs> like that but even like going back and when people ask about Bolivia and stuff like I love it I love when people ask questions I love and it's funny like that's what people. Sometimes my friends are like, man, why you post? They're, I mean, they're saying joking ways. Why you post so many animals and stuff on Instagram? That's what people want to see. And I want to paint, I don't want to take pictures of dust and mosquitoes. So, like, or the temperature every day, you know, I'm posting screenshots. And so I want to paint, you know, Trinidad specifically, but Bolivia as a whole in, in a beautiful light, in a, in a good light. And I want people to want to come here and I want people to love it. And so. Going back to the states and stuff, and people asking you about it, and typically it's always, yeah, I saw where you posted that alligator in your yard. I can't believe. Like, I love, I love those conversations. I love it. Oh, I saw that such and such and whatever, and that's why that that's exactly why I do social media. And I, w- I probably wouldn't even do a lot of it if it wasn't, you know what I mean, such a tool for that. But I, for me, it's a chance to get to really show off uh, what what Trinidad has to offer and what Trinidad is about, and, mm-hmm. and obviously what we're doing and stuff. Those are but those are like duties. Like I have to show people that. But like. The cultural part and the nature part and stuff like that. I love being able to show that, and so I don't know, man. I I, I sincerely and genuinely love everything about it. So it's like kind of an unfair uh, answer, but I love everything. Next <laughs> you know what I mean? For like, but it's true. Like I do, I I, I love every aspect of. It. I love I love living here. Like and I, it's that it started with a choice when we moved to Trinidad. and Melinda just said we made a choice. We're gonna love it. We're deciding to love it. But it was a choice in the beginning. And maybe it still is a choice, but that making that choice changes our lives, you know, that we're just going to love it. Like, we know that this place is not perfect. We know that there's a lot, like, the streets, the roads are awful. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst words in the country. Road, Yeah. Worst roads in the country. Uh, hands down, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, we know that there's going to be a lot of different stuff and political foolishness and all this stuff. But we just made a decision to love it. And it's not now, like... I didn't know what it was gonna be like when we made the decision, but now it's not like, Oh, I remember I gotta love Trinidad. like it's natural. Like I love Trinidad. I love it, like, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but I mean I, I could I, I would not I, I could die here of old age and I won't be upset like, Oh, but I never got to go to New York City again. You know, it's not I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I love it. I love what God is doing um through us in the community here, but I love what God is doing in us as well. Like who's changing me into being and like the person that God is changing me and being in the positions that he's put me in, in the church and in the community and stuff like that are things that I literally thought that I would, I I never dreamed or imagined that I would be able to like do this stuff or that I even would want to. And you know, whatever, like I said, this is all fantasy, like not the church part or whatever, but just like having an impact and living overseas. It was all fantasy when I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. now it's like reality and on my down days, I just think about that. I'm like, dude, this is what you dreamed about, you know. This is what you, it's like a kid that dreams of making it to the NBA, and they get there, and like, oh, you got to practice. Oh, I want to go to practice. Like, dude, dude, you dreamed about this for 18 years, you know. Like, get up, you <laughs> work. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's where I find myself a lot of times. But I, I do, I loved it. This, I mean, I'm living the dream. So that's that's just me. I know everybody's experience isn't that, but
2: I'm glad that we also get to not change the narrative, but shift it a little bit because. Um, in regards to missionaries loving where they live, because uh, I've heard several, many times um, that the missionary doesn't necessarily like where they live and they're sent and they're being, they are just like sacrificing all of It's
1: like a military deployment.
2: Yeah. And, and and to be honest, it, it pulls on people's heartstrings. Oh, poor him. He's causing, you know, making such a huge sacrifice. Let's support him. Let's get him through this. But when you live in a place and you love a place, like, it's harder I don't know if it's true actually but in my mind I'm thinking is it harder for somebody to say I want to support you so you can live your dream you know yeah (laughs) versus I want to support you because everybody wants to live their dream and would love to be supported in doing it right but but you know it's a lot easier to say man let's support you because you could be back home working a great job but instead you're sacrificing and you're doing this and you know, living in that poor area and, you know, having to deal with robberies and all that stuff, you know. Um, so, I don't know, but it's just cool that we get to say that we love it here and, and that we have supporters that are, that love it too, that love that we love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think, like, some people are like, oh, I couldn't do that. They see the snakes and stuff having snakes in their own backyard, but that's a different yeah. thing. But like, oh, I could never do that, but I mean, yeah, you could. Like, I mean, I think you could, but I think I think I'm supposed to feel like that, though, you know what I mean? Like, Anybody, when they're really good at something, they feel like anybody can do I'm not saying we're good at missions, but if they're really comfortable doing something, then they feel like anybody can be comfortable doing it. And it's not mm-hmm. true. It's just not true. You can ask a pilot, like, how did you make that plane do a, a barrel roll? Oh, anybody can do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and you killed 160 people or whatever, you know.
2: I was, wa- I was watching a, a tutorial, art tutorial so that I could learn to do some stuff on my, my iPad. And the the lady teaching the course was like, oh, it's so easy. Just follow these steps, and you you will be an artist in the whole time, right? So I did this tutorial. I was like, my stuff looks like crap.
1: Like, oh, nice. That's a cool plus sign you drew. <laughs> it took you an hour. To... Horrible. Like, oh, that's a cool so banana. Like, it's, it's a sunset. <laughs> easy for you, hard for
2: others. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> But yeah, nah, I, I think that's what it's supposed... You know, when you're doing what you love, man, I think it should be not easy. Easy is probably not the right word, but like, who cares if it's easy? You know what I mean? Like, who cares if it's hard? Like, I think that becomes secondary, which makes it seem easy because whatever the work that's required to put in, oh, yeah, I'm going to put it in because I want this to happen. You're passionate, you know? So, I don't know. That's where I found myself. I love it.
2: Cool.
0: You got no, I think we covered all the things. Wait, but you, list. wait. Did I you have, had, no, I had, I had a list. That I can read them out, but... We you have 5 go through them and be like, oh yeah, no, we have covered that. No, we have covered that one. <laughs>
1: Who's the last two? Uh,
0: being stretched and pushed in your thinking and working. We covered that. Semi. Semi. Yeah. And, uh, and then seeing God move, which is what Melinda was talking about.
1: But what were you going to say about being stretched in your... Uh, see, yeah, seeing God move. What were you going to say about see, seeing God like move?
0: Just seeing God move in different ways um, and in different situations that you would never see uh, in in churches back home or not or mm. churches where i've come from so just even like so really like even to the small things of and i know we've mentioned this before um, if we do an outreach event if i do an outreach event a uh, christmas fair or something in the uk and it rains everyone still comes regardless because mm-hmm. it's we're used to it raining <laughs> yeah, we yeah. put on a raincoat we get in our cars and we go like you wouldn't even you wouldn't even have to come up with a plan b in case it rains here we have to come up with a plan B in case it rains. It does rain. We're thinking, oh, no one's going to come, and then two, three hundred people come through the building on that day. And in in you know, I can't overestimate or can't overstate it mm-hmm. anymore. People don't go out when it rains. Yeah. So the fact that that many people came out and came yeah. to the event and things that you have yeah. to look at and go, that only God brought those people. Yeah. You know, out of their houses yeah. through us and enabled us to make those connections and yeah, and it all and yet despite it all being inside and despite it being our plan B, in spite, you know, people turning up late or yeah. whatever, everything ran smoothly and, you know, mm-hmm. we built really good connections from it, people remembered it mm-hmm. um, and it just made a really good impact and, and set us off really well into the year yeah. and it's like, when an event like that happens, you think, okay, only God could could pull off that event mm. in, in the way that it happens. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. Just like, yeah, just seeing things like that which which you wouldn't otherwise see.
1: Yeah. You still, I still, or oh, not now because we're in quarantine but like, you can still see people in the community And they, they, they feel like they know you now mm. Like they're waving And I, I can't you know With names and stuff man I, Like I meet a lot of people mm. And like I just identify people With what they do The gasoline <laughs> lady The chatake lady The like it's always the You know the guy mm-hmm. The tool store guy The what's it, the hardware store guy Like that's literally I don't say that to their face But like that's I don't remember anyone's names And everybody remembers my name <laughs> it's, just, it's so embarrassing but a like a version of your name yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah that's true So it makes Yeah there's a redeemable argument there um yeah but like yeah just from like the Christ- yeah you're right it's like just seeing god move and, and little old us right like in mm-hmm. things that we don't like i don't know we just i think we we always underestimate ourselves which i don't know that you can underestimate yourself enough but like when you're when you're doing ministry work and you know that god is in the middle of it, you can't overestimate estimate god either and god obviously completely cancels out mm-hmm. our uh Inabilities or weaknesses or what you know, whatever he like we're doing things with the right heart and the right mind and whatever. And he's like taking it and making it like those videos we made that we make on Sundays. We make these little devotional videos like one of them was shared in like Guatemala and Puerto Rico and like like what in the world? Like we're just a little church over. I mean, obviously, that's the magic of Internet, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware of how it works, but you just you know, you just don't think and it doesn't mean we're famous or anything. But it's just really cool, like to see Mm -hmm. our reach and people that live in a different country, that have no idea who we are, Mm. have seen these things from a friend through a friend, you know, whatever, and we're able to like, you know, at least uh, encourage these people in their faith walk, whatever, God using us to do that, God using us in the community, using us on the internet or whatever the case may be. Really is really cool watching God move Mm -hmm. and knowing that you have nothing to do with it. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, your only job is to obey. It's not really hard. I mean, it's work, but it's not hard. Like, you know, just do what you can yeah mm. well i guess everybody's good then because mm-hmm. you guys just go silent when you don't have anything else <laughs> so yeah i think that's it for today i think i think yeah we have been it's so long enough so anyways we uh <laughs> same thing i always say same thing I always say same thing i always say <laughs> we appreciate you listening and uh have a great week provecho